Hello beloved, welcome once again to our today's teaching. I'm your host, Josephine Hild. Always remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our ministries page, Josephine Hild Ministries on Facebook. And if there is any question or anything you'd like to hear from us, kindly write. Any teaching you'd like for us to make, please let us know. Otherwise, I'm hoping that these teachings are blessing you. I'm hoping you're being enlightened. And I believe you are being equipped for your work of ministry. So, thank you and welcome. Today, I want us to learn something that is very important. I want us to learn about worship in spirit and in truth. I know we all have various definitions or various thinkings of what we call worship. But today we are going to make it clear. Today we are going to rightly divide. Today we are going to understand by the spirit what is worship and how do we worship so right away go with me to john chapter 4 the very person who introduced us to the worship in spirit and truth john chapter 4 verse 23 and 24 let me read it and he says but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers not the word true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the question is tonight, what is worship? Rather, what is worship in spirit and in truth? I love how Jesus introduces it, says, the hour is coming. So meaning all along people have been worshiping but false worshiping. He has said it himself, the hour is coming for true worshipers. So all along it's been false worshippers because God is spirit and he can only be worshipped in spirit and truth. Meaning in the Old Testament, all the things, all the systems that were put in place by the Levitical priesthood for Israel to try and commune with God, they were all false. They were all, not even the word false, they were all shadows of a reality that was to come of how God should be worshipped. So everything that they ever did never really, was never really worship because Jesus has made it very clear there is worship in spirit and truth. Then he says, it is the Father who seeks worship. By Jesus saying God is spirit, or rather the Father is seeking, he has already clarified what is worship. If it is the Father that is seeking worshipers, then it means worship is sonship. Worship is being in a father-son relationship with God. Worship is not what you do. Worship is not you putting your hands up and singing or dancing to slow music. Worship is not you sitting down and feeling all emotional, you know, and, and feeling like, oh, you are thankful. That is not worship. That is just you appreciating. Worship is you hearing the gospel, believing it, and becoming a son of God. The Father seeks worshipers. Have you ever noticed Jesus never said God seeks worshipers? If God seeks worship, seek to worship us, then it, it would mean in the Old Testament they worshipped God. But they never did. All those were shadows. For God to be worshipped, you must be born again. You must be in spirit. There was never Holy Spirit in those days living in men because there was sin. The Holy Spirit started living in men after the ascension. We see this in Acts chapter 2 during the day of Pentecost. So that is when worship began. When the Holy Spirit dwelt in men. There is a difference between Holy Spirit being upon men and the Holy Spirit indwelling men. And we know without a doubt that those who have believed the gospel, they have received the Spirit. So God dwells in them. The Spirit of God dwells in them. So that is worship. 
Worship is when you, as a son of God, walk in the knowledge that God is your father. Worship is when you, as a son of God, walk in the knowledge that I am a son of God. Being a son of God means you are forgiven, you are loved, you are reconciled, you are restored, as Christ is, you are. You are not worshiping God every time you sit down and think, you know what, I'm a sinner. I, I, I did this something wrong. Every time you put on the mind of guilt and condemnation, you are not worshiping. You are doing other things. You are condemning yourself. Worship is to walk in the knowledge that God is your father. I'm telling you, there is no man on earth that has ever worshipped God until Jesus came and brought God down to earth. There was never God before Jesus. Men lived in the law. Men related with the law. God and man separated at Eden when man fell. So Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to reconcile. So when you hear the gospel and you believe and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you are worshipping. Now when you walk in the knowledge of being a son of God, then it means whatever you do in your life is worship. That's why in Colossians, Paul writes to us and tells us everything you do, do as unto the Lord. What does it mean? It means everything that a son of God does by faith as being led by the Spirit is worship. So worship is the relationship between the father and the son. Worship is you walking in your identity. Son of God, everything you do, whether it is your workplace, whether you are a teacher or a doctor, whether you are a writer, whatever you do, as you walk in the newness of life, it is worship. You know, religion has misled us to believe that worship is you leaving your house every Sunday, going to a building and gathering with people and singing slow music and putting your hands up and crying hysterically and falling on the floor. That is so beautiful, but it is not worship because if that is worship, then it negates what Jesus said that worship is in spirit and in truth. In spirit in itself means in the, in the knowledge or in the newness of life of being born again. Whosoever is born again is in worship. Whether you are eating, you are in worship. Whether you are sleeping, you are in worship. Whether you are cooking or doing whatever, just as long as you are walking in the newness or in the knowledge of your newness of life, it is worship. Worship is not something we do. Worship is an identity. We are worshippers. Sons of God are worshippers. Worship is not a worldly affair. Worship is a family affair. You know, everything that God has created praises him. You know, God has created the earth and its fullness. And whenever they do what they were created to do, God is praised, God is glorified. But there is one thing that God lacked. He lacked worshippers. So when he came in the flesh, he came to seek worshippers. And who is a worshipper? A worshipper is a son. A worshipper is a person that is in union with God, courtesy of his spirit being in them. Now, when this worshipper or when this son walks in the newness of life or in this identity, whatever they do becomes a sweet aroma to God. That's why in Romans chapter 12, let's read it together. In Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, there's something that Paul says that's very important that's in regard to worship. He says, very important. And by the way, if you study the word of God, the only place where you are beseeched or the only thing that is written like it is expected of you is this. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Let me read it again. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Underline that word. 
a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The only service that we can offer God, the only worship, the only thing we are able to offer God is our bodies. When a man that is born of the Spirit submits his mind and his body to the Spirit, he's always rendering worship to God. Your life becomes a sweet aroma. Your life becomes, you know, uh, your life becomes now it is Christ who is living you. This is why you get to a point and say, you know, I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. Because now it's Christ who takes over your body and he manifests himself to the world. This is worship. Everything that a believer does by faith is worship. Remember here it is written very clearly that you offer your body. Religion has lied to us that you worship God by offering money in an altar. What they call altar. Sometimes they tell you, offer your car, offer your house, offer your whatever. But you see, all these things you are offering to men. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your car. God doesn't even need your house. Even this earth and its fullness cannot contain him. God wants your body. It is God who said he does not live in, in, in houses built by men. He makes himself houses and he has chosen your body because God is spirit. The only thing you can offer God is your body. And how do you offer your body to God? You offer your body to God by totally putting on the new mind. By totally renewing your mind. Remember, your body is controlled by your mind. So when you put on the mind of Christ, then it means your body has submitted to the Holy Spirit. It means now it is God who is at work in you both to will and to do. When a believer is walking in the, in the knowledge that God is working in them and willing to do through them, that is worship. That's why whenever a believer is, wherever they are, whatever they do, it is worship. Whatever you do by the Spirit, it is worship and it serves God an aroma. That's why you are to offer your body as living sacrifice. Worship is not you giving your money. Worship is not you giving your material things. Worship is not you singing. All those things are beautiful and we do them whenever we gather. But worship is a personal affair. Worship is you walking in the knowledge that God is your father. I repeat it again. Worship is you constantly walking in the consciousness that God is your father and you are his son. And when you understand that God is your father and you are his son, then it means you understand your identity in him. A father doesn't, you know, an apple doesn't fall away from the tree. You cannot say God is your father and you are still considering yourself as useless, as failed, as, you know, killing yourself with guilt and condemnation. If you understand that God is your father, then it means also you understand that you are in him and he in you and you are one. That is worship. In this life, there are so many things we do. There are so many things we do, sometimes as work, as business, as ministry, and as everything. But now when we put on the consciousness that all these, these things we are doing as unto the Lord, all these things we are doing by the Spirit and by faith, that becomes worship. If worship could be what you do in church on Sunday, then it means you, it would mean that then you worship God only once a week, which is an error which doesn't even, doesn't even, actually it is, it is foolishness. It is Jesus himself who said, God is spirit to be worshipped in spirit and truth. So the spiritual aspect is when you are born again, you become a spirit. Now the truth aspect is you having the right knowledge of who God is and what you are in him. Sons of God, whenever in whatever we do, 
we have the consciousness that we are sons of God. We are born of the Spirit. We have overcome this world. We are the just and we walk by faith. We are accepted. We are more than conquerors. We, we, we are reigning in this life through the gift of righteousness and abundance of grace. When we walk and do everything we do in this knowledge, we are worshipping. This is why we come to say, you know what, everything we are doing, we are doing as unto the Lord, not necessarily unto men, but unto the Lord. And whenever we get to this point, this is where we live at peace and a blessing to all humanity. Because we don't do to people as they do to us, or we don't do to them as they deserve. We do to them as unto the Lord. This is worship. Everything that a son of God does by faith is a fragrance of Christ to God. Why? Because you are Christ. You are an aroma to God. You have been washed by the blood. You have been reconciled. You have been redeemed. You have been saved. Your body is a temple of God. It is God himself working in you to minister to the world, to, to preach the gospel to the world, to do whatever he wants to do to the world. That is worship. There is a difference between worship and praise and glory. Any creation of on earth is praising God. When, when, when the rivers are flowing and taking the water wherever they are going, when the rain is falling, when the sun is shining, when the clouds are moving and doing whatever they are meant to do, all these things they are praising God. It is written the creation praises God. The creation praises God when all principalities and dominions and angels and all hosts of wickedness, when all spiritual things and earthly things do what they were created to do, they are praising God. God is praised by his creation. He doesn't need praising again. Whether you praise him with a song or a word, it doesn't add or negate. God himself said he seeks worshippers. He seeked worshippers. He needed worshippers. He needed relationship. He needed sons. He needed his kind being on earth. So what did he do? He became man. He died on the cross and he resurrected. And that by faith in him, many are becoming his sons. And just by becoming sons and walking in this knowledge, this is worship. Worship is an intimate affair. Worship is, is, is very, it's, it's, it's the fiber of who you are being in Christ. There is nothing like corporate worship or family worship or what. You are a son of God individually, privately. You have a unique personal relationship with him. You, 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 you are living a life of God as you are led by the Spirit. No one else is living your life. No one else is as you. You are unique just as Jesus is unique to God. So when you walk in the newness of life, when you walk in your identity, that is worship, son of God. You don't need to, to excuse yourself and go to a private place and do one, two, three. Son of God, whatever you speak, whatever you do by faith, whatever you do in the knowledge of the Spirit is worship. When we gather together as believers, it is called fellowship. It is called communion. It is called, you know, this is where we edify each other with our blessings. This is where we fellowship. It's called fellowship. We share food. We share the word. That is fellowship. That is not worship. When you listen to music, you know, what we call gospel music, that is, that is edification. That's why what we sing as songs or as gospel music should be full of gospel, the knowledge, because it is for edification. When you listen to whatever you listen that edifies you, that is fellowship. 
we are living in an era of technology that I don't have to be with you face to face to fellowship. People are fellowshipping through listening to music. People are fellowshipping through hearing videos and teachings and, and all manners of technological, you know, advancements. So anyone can fellowship anytime, anywhere. But worship is personal. It is private. It is you always walking in the newness of life. It is you always living in the consciousness that you know what? God is my father and I am his son and I'm fully, fully acceptable. It is you knowing that God is in you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. It is you knowing that he is responsible for you. When you walk in the orphan mentality, when you walk in fear and anxiety and depression, then you, you are negating the fact that God is in you. How can you be afraid when the creator of the heavens and earth indwells you? How can you be depressed and be worried when he who created everything calls you his son? That is worship. There's only one thing that God couldn't get after creating everything. Sons, he had to give back to them. And now this is worship. Jesus has made it very clear, an hour is coming when true worshippers, meaning there were so many hours in the past where there were false worshippers, when people were worshipping in shadows. Worship is you becoming a son of God and walking in that knowledge. Praise and glory and all that happens whenever there is any creation of God doing whatever it was meant to be created for. So there is a difference between praise and worship. Sonship is worship. When you know that you are a son of God and you are walking in this knowledge, you are worshiping God. When you offer your body as living sacrifice, when you get to the point where you say as Paul, I no longer live, it's Christ who lives in me, that is worship. Because through your body, the aroma of God is spreading on earth. That is worship. We have to get to the point where we know that wherever I am as a son of God, whatever I do, then that is what God is doing because he's at work in me to will and to do. We must know even when you are sleeping, you are worshipping. Husband, when you are loving your wife, when you are taking care of your family, that is worship. You cannot leave your responsibility as a husband and run to do other things and call them worship. Worship is you leaving your identity. Wife, when you submit to your husband, when you take care of your husband, when you do what you are meant to do, that is worship. Children, when you obey your parents, when you live at harmony with your siblings, that is worship. Worship is when God is revealed in mankind. Worship is when sons of God leave their identity. Worship is when we walk in the knowledge that we are sons of God. Worship is when we preach the gospel. Worship is when we raise the dead. That is worship because it is our identity. Worship is not something we do. Worship is who we are. And the moment we receive this, the Holy Spirit, we've been walking in worship. That is what Jesus meant when he said, we worship in spirit and in truth. I know you love so much to gather and to sing and to jump and to put your hands up. There is nothing wrong with that. Yet, all that is vain unless you are born of the Spirit. Unless you know that you are a son of God. Unless you, you, you are walking in the newness of life. Unless you put on the new mind, all that is vain. Anyone can sing. Anyone can put their hands up. Anyone can fall down and cry emotionally. Any human being can do that. But only the man with the Spirit can worship God. That's why Jesus clarified, a time is coming when the Father will seek worshippers. He didn't say God. If God was seeking worshippers, then it would mean the whole creation is worshipping him. No, it doesn't. The Father seeks worshippers because worship is intimacy. Worship is relationship. Worship is sonship. Whoever has received the Holy Spirit of God, that he has the power to cry to God, Abba, Father, is in worship. 
Son of God, whatever you do by faith and by the Spirit of God in you, that is worship. Many of you are worshiping God 24-7 when you, are, when you are just being a son of God, yet you still keep on fighting for buildings and opportunities and microphones. All that is just, it's just excess. It is not important. It is not the in. It is not the deal. The deal is the spirit in you and you walking in that knowledge. Son of God, you are a born worshiper. You are always worshiping in everything you do. In everything you do, you are worshiping. When you attend to your duties, you are worshiping. When you talk to people, as we know, with the speech of grace, you are worshiping. When you do whatever God has placed in your hand to do at that moment, is worship. Your life is worship. That's why it is written. Let me read it for you. Let me read it. You know, so many times we think that we have a separate life and then there is a Jesus life. But let me show you something. Son of God, you have no life apart from Christ. Actually, there is no division between, oh, this is life, or this is my life, this is church life, or this is Christ life. You know, so many times people say, I want to, I want to make Jesus part of my life. I want to, 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 to ask for his you know, for his wisdom in making every decision. But you forget that you died. There is no your decision and there is no Jesus' Jesus decision. There is no your life and there is no Jesus' life. Let me show you. It is written. Let me just read the whole scriptures from Colossians chapter 3, 1 to 3. It says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek, th seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. This is the bottom line. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Then he says, when Christ, who is our life? When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. So the, the focus here is, when Christ, who is our life? You died, my friend, you died. You did not give your life to Jesus. You had no life to give Jesus. Jesus gave you life. So the life you are living in is Christ. There is no partition between this is my decision and this is God's decision. This is my way and this is... No, you died. It is God himself living through you by force, by power. He's at work in you to will and to do. You have offered your body as living sacrifice. Let me tell you, whether you know it or not, the day you believe the gospel, you, 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 you literally gave your body to Jesus. You gave your body to God. It belongs to him. Everything you do is of God. Even that one that looks like mistake, like foolishness, it is of God. That's why he says all things, he causes them to work out together for your good. Why is he so interested in making even your mistakes work out together for your good? Because it is him who works in you to will and to do. Remember, it is his good pleasure, not your own pleasure. To the world, some things may look like decision or mistake or error, but to God, that is just what he wants. That is the path he wants. When Jesus was taken by men and killed, it looked like, really, God, you say you are God and men are killing you, but that is just what God wanted. That was his good pleasure. That was his will. When you are born again, your body is of God. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you gave him your body. It is his life now you are living. And meaning, if it is life, then it means it is his terms, it is his, it is his conditions, you know, it is his responsibility. That's why a son of God should never live in worry or fear. You are not your own. You've never been your own. You are dead. The life you are living is Christ. And when you walk in this knowledge, this is worship. You are always in worship. 
in whatever you do. Now, the only way you can help yourself, the only way you can make it this, this even more effective is by studying some more, is by knowing yourself even more. The more knowledgeable you are of Christ, the richer you are. Didn't we read that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, as his divine power, he has given you all that pertains to life and godliness, and it is in the knowledge. The same Peter says, grace and peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge. Meaning the more you know Christ, the more richer you are, the more peaceful you are, the more faithful you are. Everything pertaining to God, you know it by knowing Christ. So, son of God, the only way you can help yourself in this equation is just knowing, is just studying, is just seeking knowledge. God has done everything. God has saved you by grace. God has given you his faith. God sustains you. He has breathed life into you by his spirit. The only thing you can do is to study, find out, look for information, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean I'm a son of God? What does it mean to worship? Our responsibility is knowledge. Even the good works that we are doing, they were already ordained from the foundation of the world. We are just walking in them. The, our only responsibility is to know. Because remember, it is the mind that is alienated from God. When we wash our mind with the knowledge of God, then we are able to manifest the God who is truly living in us. And that is worship. I hope this teaching has blessed you. I hope you've been enlightened. I hope now you understand what, is, what worship in spirit and truth is. I hope now you understand you are not limited to any distance or any, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you are born of God, you are in worship. And whatever you are doing in your life as unto the Lord by the Spirit, it is worship. Wherever you are, you know, especially in this time we are living in, in this life where we are observing rules of social distancing, no many gatherings. I want you to know that you are not alienated from God. You are not alienated from worship. Quit fighting over worship buildings. You are the worship building yourself because God dwells in you. Wherever you are right now, in whatever you are doing, you are worshiping. Just take your time and study the word of God. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit and walk in the newness of life. You don't have to expose yourself. You don't have to break rules of the government or the land you are in because you are saying you are looking for places of worship. You don't have to make noise and say, oh, the government is denying you a right to worship. Nobody can ever deny you a right to worship because your right to worship is the spirit in you. Who can ever deny you the spirit that is in you? No one. When God seals you, he'll never unseal. When God gives you a gift, he doesn't take it back. Nobody can deny your right of worship. You are in worship wherever you are. Walk in this newness of life. And whatever the platform or opportunity God has given you to manifest Christ, take advantage of it. Whether it is in social media, whether it is on wherever, take advantage of it and manifest Christ. You are a spiritual being. You are not limited by anything. And God has made it so easy for you because you are living in an era where technology is all available. I believe this is what Jesus said. Jesus meant when he said, and a time will come when this gospel will reach, will reach the entire world. This is the time. You can be in Kenya but minister to people in America. You can be in Kenya and minister to people in India and wherever. There is no distance. We might be having social media, but the greatest platform we have as believers is the spirit. So worship the Father in spirit and truth wherever you are, in whatever you are doing. It is mammon that people worship with money, with their substance. That is not God. Have we, haven't we read here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, verse 1, what does he say? Offer your body. God has never asked for you to offer your money. 
God has never asked for you to offer your car and other things. God says offer your body. When we give these other material things, we are giving to men to meet their needs. Kindly let us get that right. When we give these material things, monies and everything, we are giving to men to meet their needs. God has no need for money. God has no need for cars and houses. God has need for your body. Submit it to the Spirit in you and let Him move in and through you to effectively minister Christ to this world. I hope you are blessed. If there is any question, kindly feel free to ask in the comment box. If there is any teaching you'd like for us to produce, kindly write to us. Remember again to subscribe to our YouTube channel to receive fresh teachings. I've been yours in love, Josephine Hill. Thank you and good night. Amen.